across the the uh, linear TV landscape, you're just seeing these people that used to be reliable spenders all of a sudden, all of a sudden step back. And the difficulty that we have right now is deciding what is a must-have and what is a, a like-to-have and, and, and where that line gets drawn. That's Sports Business Journal reporter John Orend. He covers sports media. We talked to Orend about the Pac-12 and their ongoing media rights negotiations. How does ESPN, Apple, Amazon fit in the space? And what's different about the space than ever before? Welcome to another episode of Kanzano and Wilner, the podcast. What's better than one, John? Here's Johnny. Hmm, nobody really knows. That's why we put two of them together. This is Kanzano and Wilner, a.k.a. John and John. Appreciate everybody listening to this podcast uh, and making it part of their day. I'm John Canzano. I'm here with John Wilner. You can read me at johnconzano.com. You can read the great John Wilner at pac12hotline.com, Bay Area News Group superstar. We're going to have Sports Business Journal reporter John Orend on the podcast today. But before we get to that, Wilner, you got a little voice thing going on. What did you pick up something in Vegas? I guess I got something in Vegas. I wasn't there that long, and it still grabbed me. So hopefully, I will not lose my voice during this whole uh, this whole thing because I'm really looking forward to this. This is this is uh, an A-lister in the sports media business, so he's going to hopefully lend some some good perspective to the Pac-12 situation, but also just to the the whole landscape of where sports media is going, where it's been, how it got here, and and where it's going. Yeah, it, and everything's always a puzzle, and I think. What we were trying to do with this podcast initially when we launched it, and I appreciate everybody who subscribes to it, but we were trying to give people context for the reporting you do, the reporting I do. And, you know, we both cover the Pac-12. We both talk to people who are on the executive level at schools and athletic directors and obviously coaches and players. But there's a missing piece to the coverage because John Orand, he covers sports media. He covers ESPN and Fox and now Apple and Amazon, new to the new to the picture. And so as you piece together the puzzle, I think it's going to be incredibly helpful to hear from his perspective kind of where the media companies are and where this industry is in general. Yep. Yeah. And he's and he's got a real objective, objective view of the whole thing. And he's his he's so super well sourced with the media company. So it will be, you know, a, a little a slice that maybe. We haven't heard that the Pac-12 fans need to hear. It'll be it'll be great for everybody. We are being joined by John Durand, who is a sports business journal media reporter. He is the guy when it comes to sports media reporting. He's been at this a long time. I know the public is, and myself and Wilner are more recently tuned into media rights, but this is what John Durand does. He also hosts a podcast with Andrew Marchand, and it is wildly popular. He's joining us now. Um, it, let's start with that, John. I mean, um, you've got the public more tuned in than ever to media rights. You've been doing this a while. What is that like for you? Uh, you know, it's so funny. How long have you been doing this podcast? Like a year. <laughs> only only a year. It seems like you, you've been doing it forever. I I have a an established relationship with readers that I that that has been set for decades. And there's something about the the podcast and you know, people that feel that they're in in a room with you, uh, you know, as, as you're talking about this, it's much more personal and it's, it's not better or worse. It's just different. Like the, the, the way people respond to you and the way people like, you know, sort of interact with you. And it, that's been a, a little, a little difficult getting used, used to there. Cause it's uh, usually it's, you know, they, they take an entire, 
you know, I, I would have an entire story now, like if, if you say something, you know, a blog will pick it up and put it out there. And I, I feel like one of the executives that we covered, John. <laughs> the, the the sea change that's going on in, in the media world. Can you start by kind of talking about what you see on the landscape? Uh, so, um, you know, I started with uh, Sports Business Journal back in 2006. And th that was when there were uh, basically four, maybe five broadcast networks. And there's this little thing called cable television. And the broadcast networks got the biggest games and cable television just uh, pr uh, provided the, the tonnage. And I have a distinct memory. I forget whether it was 2007 or eight. It was right around there. And ESPN, this teeny little cable channel, outbid Fox for what was then called the BCS by a billion dollars. And I remember Fox was just like, where did they get that money from? And they, they and, and, and it's because cable was a dual revenue stream. They were being paid by the uh, cable operators, satellite distributors, and by advertisers, whereas broadcasters were only paid by advertisers. And so the broadcasters figured out that they could get cable distributors, satellite distributors to pay them more. So they, through, through the cable bundle, they started making incredible amounts of money and, the, and there were these uh, just big uh, auctions for media rights because that was the best way to grow. You would go and get these media rights. So the sports industry and the sports media landscape from that moment and, until now, uh, probably 20 years, just saw massive increases in, in their media rights fees. Well, what has happened over the past, you know, this started happening back in 2014, but certainly over the past since COVID, there's been, uh, you know, cord cutting. Um, uh, people in the business call it a rebundling, you know, sort of a, you're cutting the cord, but maybe getting YouTube TV. Uh, these networks are making, um, they're still making profits, but they're, they're, they're the profits they're making are, are, are dropping. It's a, you know, there, there's a definite trend line. There's a rise in, in, um, in, uh, in di digital uh, outlets as well. And so if you're, if you're an outlet like ESPN, um, you know, which seemingly had bottomless pockets. Now you're making really difficult choices about what is a sport that is a must-have. And certainly the NFL is a must-have. Uh, the NBA is a, a, a must-have. And what is a like to have? They they, they wouldn't mind that. They, they would have liked to have done a deal with uh, Major League Soccer, for example, but not at the price that Major League Soccer wanted. And, and Apple Apple ended up paying you know much more than, than ESPN or Fox would have. And so that's just ESPN across the, the uh, linear TV landscape. You're just seeing these people that used to be reliable spenders all of, a, all of a sudden step back. And the difficulty that we have right now is deciding what is a must-have and what is a, a, a like-to-have and, and, and where that line gets drawn. Do you think it's a permanent you know, uh, recalibration for ESPN and others or – is it just a, a response to, you know, the economy in the last six months and it will resolve itself when things pick up? It's uh, I, I don't. Well, the easy answer is I don't know. You're asking for it like a prediction now, John. And, and, and that, that's tough. It feels permanent to me, though. Yeah, if it, 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 it feels uh, like if you take a look at what's happened to entertainment programming, is that ever coming back to the cable bundle or are people going to go and, and watch? the uh, netflix and apple tv plus and and you know amazon prime so th this does feel like the first sort of steps towards uh sports following entertainment and going to streaming and once they do go to streaming 
are the streamers still going to pay as much? Because they don't, they have deeper pockets than these media companies, so maybe they will. But the, uh, s- similar to that BCS example, they don't have those that that those really ready-made revenue streams that that are set up. So, if I were to guess, I would say yeah, it's, it feels like this is a permanent change that's happening. Uh, but there, it, it, there, it is possible that people will decide that cable bundle was really an affordable bundle, and I want to get back to that, and and that it could sort of have a rebirth, and and they'll be fine. Have you been surprised at all, either with the podcast or just your reporting, how much interest there is in realignment in college football, whether it's Texas and Oklahoma two summers ago or what the Big 12 did or now what the Big 12 and Pac-12 are going through? I mean, it just seems like everybody cares. Yeah, I, I, it's funny. I, I'm curious to get uh, your answer to, to that, John, because I, I haven't been overly surprised because I, I in terms of like fan avidity. Uh, the NFL is number one by far. College football is, you know, uh, nothing comes close to that. And, and so, you know, who plays who and sort of the uh, the tribe, this, I'm going to steal a David Hillism, but the tribal nature of the game, yes. you know, and and, yeah. and we can see it now with uh, what's going on with the Pac-12. And you have big, big 12 fans that, you know, take personal pride and possibly making more than the Pac-12 and, and, and vice versa. And, and so it, it hasn't surprised me totally. It sounds like yeah. maybe it has, as you know. No, not really. Everybody's got an alma mater, right? That's, yeah. that's the thing. That's what drives college football. And I think, too, like people want to get back to talking about the games and the teams and the coaches. I know I want to get back to writing about that, but this is important <laughs> stuff that fuels all that. And, you know, it kind of leads back to you, John, like this. You've done this for a long time. And and now uh, the audience has to be growing for, you know, there's an appetite for what you're doing and and you're an expert at it. And uh, can you maybe give us some insight into where you think ESPN's head is as they're watching this? I know they have ESPN Plus. I know they're in that streaming space, too. But, you know, MLS goes to Apple. Uh, you know, the Pac-12 is poking around with streaming and Amazon. The NFL goes to Amazon. What's ESPN? Uh, where, where are they at right now? So ESPN, in in terms of the uh, the larger picture of of ESPN, um, you know Bob Iger came back and and he uh, uh, made some changes at ESPN, where ESPN is they're still part of Disney, of course, but they're sort of like it's its own separate company, and ESPN is now responsible totally for profits and losses and rights fees, and they can't sort of you know depend on a good year uh, from you know, parks or a good year from, you know, the, the cruise lines to, to make up for a shortfall. Um, it, by the same token, when ESPN was driving the Disney ship during the teens, you know, the, 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 the other uh, uh, aspects of Disney can't, you know, depend on that either. So that, that, that's why when, when you get back to making really tough decisions, like ESPN is having to, to sit down and decide, you know, what can, what can they get? That is going to um, uh, make the uh, cable operators and satellite distributors continue to pay a premium uh, for the channel. What can, what can they get that's going to be consistently rated? They're not, and those aren't necessarily the, the uh, even even things. I mean, the, 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 sometimes they're not rated well, but it works what works really well, uh, good in, in a certain part of the country. I mean, I'll bring up NASCAR, which actually does get good ratings, but but uh, that, uh, it's. You want uh, to cable distribution down in in the, the southeastern United States. You you want a NASCAR um, uh, uh, deal there, and so 
it's it's just interesting to see where that line is. ESPN also, of course, has ESPN Plus, a streaming service. Uh, a, a seemingly weekly debate that we have on, on the podcast is when ESPN is going to take its main channel and 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 go direct to consumer. And so, uh, a lot when it, whenever ESPN goes to the market now, it's not just for linear TV. It's for linear TV. It's for streaming. It's for you know, like everything else sort of associated with that. So let's, if you wouldn't mind, go back nine months, the USC and UCLA leave. How would you assess the Pac-12's strategy uh, in terms of seeking a, a new media deal? And, and how has your view of it maybe evolved over, over time, given market forces, what the Big 12 did? Are you in a different place now than you were in the fall with regard to the Pac-12? Yeah, I'm in a, I'm in a, a much different place. I, I think back... Uh, when when uh, those schools announced that they were leaving, I I still looked at the Pac-12, and and you could still say this: it still has really good brands, it has uh, really good windows um, for for national TV. That that uh, in terms of the the late window that the Pac-12 yep. always is trying to get rid of, but now it's a uh, is is something that uh, that that really works for for television. Um, and and uh, I thought they were I, I thought they were going to be. Uh, I still thought they were in good position uh, at that moment. What ended up happening in the interim is, you know, they waited a while to get the uh, to, to do a deal, and and in that waiting, you you had uh, you know CBS was interested in, in in getting a package, and all of a sudden you had some sort of they just didn't have the money. You know, they they end up paying so much for for you know the NFL and 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 you know other rights and. And uh, you know, for Paramount and Paramount Plus, they're kind of they're kind of set now. Um, with ESPN and with, with the, the broader industry, um, the, there was the, there was a time, uh, and, and this happened a little before that, but there there was a time where everybody in streaming was spending so much money because Wall Street said, "Hey, we we want to see subscriber growth, so we don't care about losses. We know you're starting something new." Um, just show that show us that you know how to gain subscribers. And within, I think, one quarter, you know, that Wall Street changed 180 degrees and said, like, we don't care about subscribers. You guys are losing your shirts. You know, we care more about <laughs> profits. And that has come in too. And so ESPN is is dealing with you know, they, they they used to do these big deals and they would just put them against ESPN Plus because yeah, of course we're losing money on 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 streaming. Uh, and, and they're less likely to do that now. So the market changed. And I do think that, um, look, by the time this posts, the Pac-12 could come out with a great deal and, and I'll, I'll say right. stupid. Yes. <laughs> so I, I got to be careful about it. But I do think that the strategy of the Pac-12 of of not not going in early and quick, there there were deals to be had. There were deals to be had a year or two ago when, when uh, ESPN and Fox wanted to you know, re renew and extend uh, the, the the Pac-12, uh, and and they didn't do it. And I, I think that you know, if you gave, you know, uh, any of their any of the university presidents or um, or conference leaders truth serum, they would say, yeah, boy, I, I kind of wish that we had done that earlier. The the Pac-12 networks present an interesting case. Like the Pac-12 fans are have been frustrated for a decade. The distribution's been a mess. I'm in Vegas for the conference tournament. You can't get the Pac-12 network on the TVs inside the casinos in Vegas. Isn't that, isn't that incredible? And, yeah. and in Vegas where they have the tournament. Yeah. yeah. It, so how does, in your mind, how does the Pac-12 network fit into 
maybe the ideal strategy for the Pac-12 in in you know, is it a do they go all in with a streamer on the Pac-12 network and then try to stay linear with the tier one rights? In your mind, how do you how do you see the role of the Pac-12 network? So the, the, the and that's another reason why I was so positive many months ago, because I saw, you know, with NBC and Peacock, you know, or or with ESPN Plus, they could take a look at all this Pac-12 networks programming uh, and, and say, like, we can use this as part of our uh, uh, of our streaming package um, on ESPN Plus, Peacock, Paramount Plus. Uh, again, in the interim, now it's like you don't want to spend that kind of money on, on a package like that. And where uh, so I think it could possibly work. Uh, I, I don't have any inside knowledge with with Apple and and what's going on with with those negotiations, other than there had been talks, but that fits in with what Apple is doing with MLS. It has you know it, it, it will provide it needs all the rights and it uh, I think it, they, they license a game a week uh, for MLS to to Fox, uh, but it it has all the rights and you have to go and 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 uh, look at it globally. Uh, or it's, it's global rights, and but you have to go through uh, Apple. Um, the the problem today, again, I, it, it was good for them nine months ago. The problem today is Amazon. That's not what they do. They they're not into to a tonnage of rights. They're they're into picking out a game a week for the NFL. If you look at look at what they're doing with the Premier League, uh, I think they have a really unique deal with the Premier League over in England. Where they have the the Boxing Day games, all the, uh, the Premier League plays, all their teams play on December twenty sixth, and, and and so they they for for Amazon to come in and take all those rights that the Pac twelve networks has would be a total change in strategy for what what Amazon a- actually does. So you know, you still have ESPN out there; they still do have ESPN Plus, but uh, you know all of a sudden, sort of the price point for for what that for what they will pay for that. I'm, again, we're, we're in like the negotiating phases, right? So the people buying it are always going to say, "Oh, we don't have the money, and it's low." And the people selling it are going to be different. And the the key is to figure out where it goes. But I do believe that they just don't have the the money that they would have had like nine months ago or ten months ago is, to actually. Is make it that possible deal. Amazon could come in say, "Look, we just want a Friday night game," and Apple takes the rest of the Pac-12 networks? Like, could you foresee streamers playing nice together, or does that violate uh, some industry code? I don't think it violates industry code, but I, I, I'm not certain why. Um, like, if, so here's where I'll, I'll turn away from a, report, a reporter and be a, an analyst. Yeah. I, I'm not certain why the Pac-12 would do that. Like, if you if you're on a streamer, you're on a streamer, and then you have to think about getting on traditional linear television, pre- preferably broadcast television, in order to 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 reach the masses, in order to try to to grow your game, and Despite all the negative negativity coming out about uh, about you know traditional traditional linear television and the and the Pac-12, there are deals to be had. Any network will take a Pac-12 uh, package. They just won't take it at the at the price point right now. It looks like that the Pac-12 wants to sell it at. So that at some point they have to make that decision. Okay, we'll take less money to grow the grow the game on you know, ESPN and, and sell the rest to to Apple or something along those lines. Could you see a situation where the Pac-12 goes all in with ESPN and most of it is on plus and there's a package, you know, ABC ESPN package of, I don't know, 20, 25 games, everything else is on streaming? 
I, I think that, that that's a possibility. Yeah. Um, from from my reporting, John, I, I haven't heard that they're anywhere close to, to, to coming right. uh, w- with something like that. But nine months ago, that's what I thought it was going to be. Look, we ha- we will take we'll take the Pac-12 networks. We'll we'll even brand it the Pac-12 networks, but you have to get on ESPN Plus to watch it. Um, I, I think the Pac-12 has sort of painted itself into a little bit of a corner where it needs a certain amount of money that that uh, that is above where they can get there if they cobble together a bunch of different deals it's it's above where espn i think would be willing to pay for as the the uh exclusive holder of that package i see the only reason i asked is because that's a scenario that hasn't really been out there and i just keep thinking that there's something there's something some part of their negotiations features uh, a scenario that hasn't been discussed that nobody's thinking of right because they've kept it so quiet it's just my kind of my my radar goes off when things are super quiet that that maybe there's an you know uh, they're gonna zag when everybody thinks they're gonna zig or something like that yeah and john there's precedent for that because you know uh like uh I, I forget which which conference i know the ivy league is one but if we're talking talking about the pac-12 i don't want to bring up the ivy league but the, the, there some are some pac-12 presidents would love for you to do that actually that's true yeah <laughs> stanford cal yeah yeah uh, but uh you know th- there is a precedent where uh espn goes all in with uh, um and, and gets gets most of the rights for uh for streaming uh, again where that price point is is yep. is where the rubber is going to uh, meet the road yeah the you know, as I look at this, obviously, you know, the Pac-12 needs a certain amount of money. And I had one Pac-12 president say that they felt like it would be a layup to get, and this was a, two weeks ago, a layup to get within range of the Big 12 distribution number. And and the terminology caught me. They said, when it, you know, remember, it's tier one and tier two rights. And, and it got me thinking kind of about the debate about the Pac-12 network's distribution. And then ESPN came out with, you know, with the idea that they could serve as the hub for all these services. Can you maybe take a dive into that? Like, I've had a bunch of people ask me, what does ESPN mean? They want to be the TV guide for sports. Is this like a food court where you can go get all your streaming services? What is this? I love Alex Sherman, the, the uh, CNBC reporter that broke that story. And I want to be very clear that I would have written that story. So I'm not taking a dig at Alex, but I think his second sentence was, you know, there, there have been no substantive, talk, substantive talks. Nobody knows how they're going to make money off of it. The former president of uh, Pac-12 Networks, Lydia Murphy Stevens, has been in the market with a uh, with a, a copyrighted, you know, TV guide of the future that sounded suspiciously like that that ESPN one. So that we're a long ways away from from ESPN uh, sort of being that. Um, again, I the Pac-12 has teams. And has history that the TV networks want. The question right now is just about like, you know, money, and and the, the, there's a a belief or a pitch among the traditional TV guys that they've already allocated a lot of that money, and so and and there's a belief of uh, within the Pac-12 that we're the Pac-12, we're one of the Power Five. Of course, of course, we're going to be sort of within that, and I'm like. I just don't know how that's going to shake out. I'm I'm skeptical just because I, you know, all my sources are in media companies. At what point, what is your best guess on when streaming, whether it's Amazon, Apple, ESPN plus, whatever becomes 
the mainstream avenue for watching sports? I uh, th- that's a great question. I have no idea. Uh, I th- 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 this is how I typically answer that question, John. Is in twenty thirty uh, like three or four. The only the only way that you'll be able to watch an NFL game is over traditional broadcast television in every single market. Um, the uh, NHL just did a deal just like a year ago. Uh, you know, as, as as streaming is coming out, the, the you know most of the playoffs are on uh, tr- uh, traditional television. The Stanley Cup Final is on tra- uh, traditional linear television as well. Like so, I can see a s- situation. Where and it's funny because the big story that I've been working on for the past two weeks is about the RSNs and Diamond Sports yes. going into bankruptcy. So I can see a situation going back to the future where the big events are on the are on the the uh, areas where you have the biggest reach. But then if you want to see every game, if you're a, a hardcore fan, then then you're going to have to subscribe to you know uh, some sort of streaming service in, in in order to see that but so i can see that happening and i'm not sure when that would happen uh, you know when when it happens it'll go quickly because it's always it's, it's that 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 trend line has been going you know for the past decade or so yeah it's interesting because it seems to me like college football at least 2030 is the the next real benchmark i think that's when the big 10s deal is up and They'll be halfway, probably halfway through the next playoffs contract cycle. So you'll wonder, you know, what impact could streaming and the way people consume media have on what the Big Ten does for schools and for networks? And then the trickle down effect that that's going to have on all the other conferences and then college football in general. And maybe it'll happen sooner, but it seems to me like that's the, the rupture point for the entire sport. And it's inseparable from from the media consumption piece. Yeah, and and you know, it's 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 not there yet. Um, are are you? Uh, have either of you seen uh, an MLS game on Apple yet? Not yet. No, but I've I have friends who watch it, and they say it's been fantastic. They like it's it. Been fantastic, yeah. but but we're we're casual. We're big sports fans, casual soccer fans, and none like in order for us to see it. We have to think like I'm going to go to Apple TV on Saturday night and I'm going to click on this. Meanwhile, I've seen probably all told two XFL games and, uh, you know, because I just sort of happen upon it. There's a, you know, the the, the linear television is still in 20, maybe I'm showing my age, but in 2023, it's still a mass medium. And so that's, uh, you know, when that happens, when, when streaming becomes a little bit more uh, I, I, it's not there right now, at, at least not in my, my household. And I, I can't imagine it's coming in the near future, but again, I'm not, I like, I, I, my head's not in the sand. I see where the trend lines are headed. John, you know, as this unfolds, uh, another part of this is, you know, if the PAC 12 gets a deal that they're happy with, what should the term of that deal be? Would you, would you th- expect that the Pac-12 goes with a shorter-term deal, tries to get back to market in front of the Big Ten and the SEC, maybe something that ends in 2029? Or uh, how, you know, what do you expect on that front? Yeah, I, I, well, it depends on the, the type of deal they get. But if the deal comes in, if if uh, the pessimism that I'm hearing among the media ranks ends up being true, if I'm the Pac-12, I'm going to try to keep that deal sort of as as short as I can uh, and then you know uh, rework it once 
you're able to see where all this me everything in media shakes out because uh, right now you know our regional sports networks are going to bankruptcy some are closing up shop there's real disarray in what's going on in in, in the media business and so uh, you know if, if i'm not getting the price that i want i'm going to try to keep that short and bet on bet on my teams bet on my uh, schools and bet on myself in, in a couple of years to come out you know whether that's before the Big Ten or, or or after the Big Ten, like it's I would just keep it as short as possible. Yeah, and then and then you know as a reporter who works in that space, you know I've had a lot of people ask me, how do you believe what you report? You know, you get a lot of uh, consultants that are in your ear and maybe some parties who aren't in the know, and they're just wishful and hopeful. Um, how do you sort through the misinformation and just drill down on what is sourced and and real? Wish, wish fulfillment is what I call that, John. My my favorite part of of, <laughs> of, of uh, writing about this is, is following the bloggers. Uh, you, you would think that we're at odds with each other and we're, we're just reporting on, yeah. on what's going on. I've been doing this uh, uh, for a long time and I, I have uh, I know what sources to trust and I know what sources uh, not to trust. Um, uh, they generally don't don't lead me down uh, a, a wrong path. Um, I never go go out with a, a story that that is single sourced from uh somebody that might have heard something like that you know there there are always multiple sources in there and i try very hard not to uh despite what how i've spent the past half hour i've tried very hard not to predict what's going to happen uh because i'm just trying to give hey this is a tenor i, I think the, you, if you go back and you listen to what i say on the pod and you read my reporting I'm reporting on a tenor that's coming from the media companies about uh, uh, about this deal well, with the Pac-12, and people can uh, be upset with the tenor, or uh, you know they, they could disagree with the tenor. I, I think they would be wrong if they disagreed with the tenor. That doesn't necessarily mean that when push comes to shove, the the people that are skeptical right now won't say like, oh well, geez, I just had to do the deal. I mean, I've seen that happen a, a ton of times too, but uh, you know, it's just sort of leading up to it and like you said um you know just the the amount of people that are now interested in this and they're following you know th this is how negotiations go they're long they're arduous you have two sides and they battle each other and and you know that we we report on that and uh and and once it gets into the fan level they you know it, it gets inflamed a lot um but i i'm i'm uh i, I think that you need to uh, uh you need to look at who the reporters are and and look look at their backgrounds and you know i'm I'm plenty comfortable with it with that it's the hardest realignment media rights it's the hardest thing in the college sports space to report on and for fans to grasp because it doesn't involve a coach you know or a a quarterback you know a player it is handled at different levels whether it's the university presidents or the media advisors or the media companies themselves and those are not part of the mainstream, the normal day-to-day -day reporting chain. And so you have to, if you're not familiar with it, it can be hard to kind of parse what is right and what's wrong, what's real, what's what's motivated by by self-interest. Yeah, and I'm I'm coming to you guys if I want to find out about realignment. I mean, I'm hearing a ton of stuff. Go look. I haven't reported any of it because, like, I I don't I don't that that that's where I don't don't know or trust my sourcing on, on that aspect of that. But, but, but I mean, don't you think, I mean, to me, like 
I look at the Fox. They basically did the Big Ten deal with USC and UCLA. It seems like, and correct me if you think this is the wrong assumption, it seems like the media companies are more involved, even if they are not directly hands-on, they are more involved in college football than they were because the drive, the lust for that dollar is so important, more important than it was 20, 30 years ago. So what happens at the level of Fox and ESPN, they're kind of the, the, you know, the puppet masters in a lot of ways. I, I know ESPN would bristle. At, yes, they would. <laughs> I mean, oh, sure. They've, and they've told me that. Like that. I can say this though, the, um, uh, for for years, people have looked at media rights for for college, and you know you're going and doing a deal in the southeast with the SEC or in Chicago with the Big Ten, and they just found that they were really undervalued because rather than like with the NFL, and they come with one big national monolith, you know here you can yep. sort of pick right. off, and 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 it it, it became easier to do that. Now that you have two big media companies in Fox and ESPN, not to mention NBC's dabbling here and there, and CBS, you know, has its foot in a, a little bit. Like it, it's become, uh, the, 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 there are fewer values to find in, in the college landscape than there used to be. Let's put it. Yeah, I, I've heard from ESPN and Fox actually <laughs> since you mentioned it about some of some of that. Uh, my speculation about their their roles in this whole thing. John, yeah, I'll, I'll get a very, I'll get yeah. an attaboy from ESPN PR for uh, ca ca calling you on the puppet master. <laughs> <laughs> John, before we cut you loose, um, you know, I always ask our guests uh, about great advice that they've received in their career. You've done this a long time. You know, when I say that, what's the advice that you ever got as a young journalist? Um, you know, I'm not sure if I got advice, John, but as as a young journalist, uh, there was nothing like sitting with an editor and watching them just torture your copy. <laughs> and I think, I think every reporter remembers that first the editor and like your stomach sinking, like, what are they doing to my prose? And it, it, it was, uh, 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 the advice that I give people is it's, it's, uh, you know, it's not just write, 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 it's write and get edited. And, uh, and it took me, uh, it, it was very quick when I realized that when I file a story, it's no longer my story. It's sort of our story. And so I'm like, when I go out, it's SBJ's story. A lot of people have a, a, a lot of vested interest in that story being right and that story hitting. And they a lot lot more people than just me take pride in, a, in that story, even though I might be the only one on the byline. John, I, we can't thank you enough for joining us. I mean, the, the timing worked out perfect, right? I think the Pac-12 is probably pretty close to wrapping it up. And to have you on here to kind of provide the the big picture with with all the context you bring to the to the whole story it, it could not have worked out better for for us and for this podcast and for and for our listeners so thank you a ton for doing this Willner I'm I'm upset I thought I was going to get a couple of Bethesda questions in there a couple of softballs <laughs> I'm wearing my my Bethany Beach hat right here for you <laughs> did you guys play on the same little league team is that uh... I you know, well, it's funny. I just told my wife, I was like, I'm do we're doing Bethany Beach for a week in the summer. She's like, nah, she's not from uh, the area. She's like, uh, not again, not Beth. I'm like, yeah, we're doing it. <laughs> Thanks, John. Thanks Thank so you much. so much, John. Thanks. Anytime, guys. Okay. Appreciate it. Love that. I love it's the missing piece of the puzzle, knowing where the media companies fit in this larger negotiation. I love, too, that he wasn't in the game of guessing, Wilner. So much guessing going on out there when it comes to the media rights. Yeah, and uh, and pretty honest about what he's hearing about the Pac-12 situation, right? Just and his sources are in on the media side 
uh, just saying, you know, they're not sure the Pac-12 is going to get the value it wants. The big question is, you know, what what does it want? What does it need? What are the presidents and the schools looking for? Can they find a way to get to that number? You talked to Robert Robbins, Dr. Robert Robbins, the president at Arizona. I noticed the student paper at Arizona State. They do a great job. They got an interview with Michael Crow, uh, you know, and the president at Arizona State. And, you know, what do you read in those two presidents coming out this week? Well, my read is it's not all that different than it's been, which is their preference is to stay together and move forward. Now, maybe they move forward with two more teams or two more schools, but the preference is to stay together. And in order to do that, they need a, a respectable, competitive media deal. And so it's up to George Klyovkov to come up with that. That's his job, right? And that's what he was hired to do. Give them, Get them a deal that will satisfy their, their needs financially and provide the the you know the audience and the reach that they they need for their teams and if he can do that everybody's going to move forward together the the number that the big 12 will distribute to members for their media rights 31.6 million per year um the pac-12 in my mind they need to be in range of that number to get everybody to go okay this is what for us in your mind wilner what is what does in range mean i mean i've always kind of figured 10 percent either way so we're talking about what 28 million to 34 million. I've always thought that was the the targeted range, right? For for the media rights. The thing is, it doesn't even matter if you're at the high end of that or the low end of that. It doesn't a couple million bucks isn't going to impact your ability to compete for the football title, uh, for a playoff bid, right? That's on the that money is on the margins. Now, if if the best they can do is you know, $22, $24 million a year per school, then that's a different that's a different deal. And that's probably going to make make some schools really think hard about where they want to be. And if that's the case, then the commissioner hasn't done his job. We'll find out soon. It feels like this is up. Uh, Michael Crow telling that student paper that, you know, essentially this is winding down. We'll know soon enough. Uh, listen, I appreciate everybody who listens to the podcast. Make sure you subscribe. The next time we do a podcast could be uh, announcing a deal by the Pac-12. I mean, they are uh, uh, less than a week away from another board meeting. Uh, who knows uh, if they will have an approval by then, but it feels like it is coming down the pipeline at this point. Uh, you can read my work at johnconzano.com. You can find John Wilner, Bay Area News Group superstar, at pac12hotline.com. Make sure you're subscribed. Share this podcast with anybody that you might uh, think is interested in it, and we will be back with an all-new episode soon. Thanks, everybody.